repeat after me. The power. Come on, everybody, everybody. The power of a dark moment. Let's park there really quickly. I won't spend too much time there, but let's park there just for a second. When you're talking about and think of a dark moment, that can mean a genre of things. But what I'm talking about is area of loneliness in different parts in your life. Um, anyone will celebrate with you when things are good. Anyone will cheer you on when you're in the finals of totem. Anyone will uh, celebrate with you when there's new beginning of life. Not many people will hang around with you when you're in the middle of a dark moment or a lonely moment in your life. When I think of dark, it's obviously the opposite of light. You think of light, your eyes are open, you can see things, you can see things clearly. And if you have contacts, you probably could see them a little bit more clear. If you have glasses, you can see them clear. If you had um, laser surgery, eye surgery, you could see them even more clearer. But if you close your eyes, things become dark. You just can't see what's in front of you. Keep that in mind as we move forward today. Is that okay? Is that all right? Yeah. Another point I want to bring is you cannot have the crown without the cross. We're still talking about a dark moment. And the reason why I say the power of a dark moment, because a lot of times the power of that dark moment can move you or shift you into areas of your life where there's light, if you hold on. And to think of the crown, think of something shiny, something beautiful, something that everybody wants. How many of you remember when you were in high school? Were there, were there any uh, prom queens or prom kings in the room? Anyone crowned king? What do they do at totem? What do they do at totem spirit? Totem princess? Or any of you were, I don't know, class favorite or whatever? See, back home, there's prom. When you're in 12th grade and you're getting ready to graduate from high school, you have prom. And it's the celebration. It's like a party. Most people get a limo. They get dressed up. It's a formal dinner. You find a date. You dance. There's food. And it's the celebration or the wrap-up of your final year of high school. Do they do that here? Okay. And at this party, at this celebration, there's, you know, they, they vote for prom king and queen. And usually, you know, the, 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 the crown is so nice and, you know, and the, 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 the crown for the male is really big and different colors and, you know, all that good, nice stuff. And it's beautiful. But you cannot get the crown without the cross. And I'm still talking about the power of a dark moment. There's three points that I want to kind of walk through today and then we'll get to communion. But there's three points that I want to go through today. Before I get to those points, somewhere in your life, you have to have um, your cross that drives you back to the altar or drives you back to prayer. Something, sometimes in your life, there has to be something that God has brought you through that you remember that can draw you, drive you right back to the very thing that helped you. The three points that I want to talk about today, I want to talk about Abraham. 
I want to talk about Moses. And of course, I want to talk about Jesus. When I think about Abraham, when I think about Abraham, Abraham was very, 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 very patient, I'd like to think. He was very, very, very patient. But um, if I had to be in his shoes in terms of sacrifice, I'm just not sure if I would have been able to really trust and hold fast to the directions and the instructions of what he would have me to do in reference to the sacrifice of my son. You know, I'm just thinking about it. Many of you today have have you know, boys or girls for that matter, sacrificing anyone. And I think about that had to have been a dark moment for Abraham, just alone. And who can I talk to where they understand exactly what it is that I'm dealing with? Or who can I talk to that would understand exactly what it is that God wants me to do? I'd like to think there are some areas in your life where you go, you've gone through or you've been through some things. I know I've been there and, and, and am there where it's like, Lord, I know that this has to work out for my good. I trust you in all of the process. Many times, although we trust them with what we deal with in our dark moment, it just doesn't always feel good. I'd like to think that before he got his son and said, okay, come on, we're going up to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. That had to have been hard, even though the scripture says that he told them that, that we both will, will, will return. I'd like to think that it was a hard moment for him, headed up Mount Uriah. Had to have been a dark moment. Think about Moses. And I see how Moses was living with Pharaoh, when he comes to the light of who he really was, he began to, you know, take on Pharaoh's security, I would say, call us, call him security. Then he flees out to the desert for years. I'd like to think throughout all of those years, so many things had to have taken place in his mind. Who can I talk to? Who can I relate to? What do I do? And then all of a sudden, he gets instructions, which I like to call the dark moment is really over. If you're ever going to get the crown or if you're ever going to be impacted in a mighty way, you have to have a dark moment in your life. Because it's in those dark moments that you get a voice. It's in those moments that you get strengthened. It's in those moments that you begin to feel confident. That now at this moment, this is the time when I can actually press on and overcome things that I thought I could not do. When I think about Moses, he's like, man, you know, I, I, my, my speech is not that great. <laughs> what do I do? Do I do? I? He, he was a little worried. But the outcome was in faith. He still pressed towards to do what it is that God has asked him to do. Same thing with Abraham. And we get to Jesus, and I look at it, and we look at the time when he was sent out to be um, tested. 
was on his fast for 40 days. What I liked about it was every time he got tested, every time the enemy spoke into his life to try to show him something that would be better or he, he thought to be greater, he'd always speak the word. And he start by saying, it is written. Many times in our life, when we go through our dark moments, when it seems like these are areas in our life where we're stretched the most, where it seems like when I look to the left, I couldn't find no one. When I look to the right, I couldn't find no one. I looked in front of me. I couldn't really see clearly in front of me. I looked behind. It seemed like everyone had been gone. You have to be like Jesus when he was being tested while he was fasting. You have to speak a word. We have to be people who give God back his word because he's a guy who would never lie. He, 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 he definitely a man who would not repent. For he said in his word that his word would not return unto him void, but it would accomplish where he sent it. And he sends it the four corners of the earth. And what I like about it is he makes it so plain that a fool, a fool can understand. Let's take the time to just think about dark moments that we may have had or may have currently in our life. Many of us may be saying, you know, I've been struggling with this or that or that. As we just heard, Pat just testified of a brief dark moment. It is, it is imperative, it is necessary that we speak about the things that we're going through. It is imperative, it is necessary that we press on and put our foot on the gas pedal and not look back. In your dark moments, in the areas of your life, you have to unscrew the rearview mirror and put your foot on the gas pedal. No one can ever come out of a dark moment driving looking through the rearview mirror. You can never go forward looking back. When Jesus came out of his time of testing, he was empowered. He was, he was, he was strong. He was ready for his journey. He was ready to do what he was called and sent to do. We're talking about someone who knew no sin, yet he became sin. He came down, stepped in to Mary's womb, and did the will of his father. Many times there are people who, in the dark moment, you won't have the crowd, but you'll have one or two, maybe three, who are left hanging on. And this seems as though it's good. Hear me carefully. This seems as though that this is good, but you have to watch it. And I'll explain what I mean. When Jesus was still in his dark moment, and they got ready to come arrest him, Peter tried to change the course on which where Jesus was headed. Let me explain. He took out the sword, chopped off the ear, and he said, whoa, 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 wait. Now don't you think I can, I can call down so many people to handle this? It's okay. So he heals them. I'm paraphrasing. Many of us, we have different people around us who think that they have the answers to your dark moment. 
And even though it don't feel good, it works out for our good. For all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose. It is the will of our Father that we be successful in every area of our life. He said, I wish above all things that you, what? Be in good health, prosperous, even as your soul prosper. So when you're in your power, if you're in your dark moment, and there's different ones who are telling you different things, it is very important that we do not take our eyes off the move of God. I remember sitting down in conversations. Um, this was back in 2004. I had just come out of college. And I just remember just different talks of where, where I would go and where I would sign and just, just this, that, and the third. And I just knew clearly that that offer sounded good, but it just, just didn't feel like that's where I needed to be. Oh, no, I'm not going to talk about that. Get another call. Hmm, sounds all right, but no, that's not where. And, and through the midst of me trying to shuffle and figure out what is the right move for me to step into, I just had people talking, just talking. You need to do this, or you need to do that. You need to do this, and you need to do that. And I would have missed the move of God. I would have never, and it started back in 2004, I would have never become lefty and played for the Globetrotters had I gone through a different door that other people thought I should have gone through. Or had I sat there and complained when the Denver Nuggets released me out of training camp. Or if I would have sat there and complained when the Orlando Magic Release me out of training camp. If I would have sat there and complained when the Charlotte Bobcats door closed. Many of us, and again, I'm talking to myself as I talk to you. Many of us do not allow our dark moments to work for us. A lot of times in our dark moments, we get there and we complain. Why? Because we don't know why. We don't understand it. We say, Lord, this, it looks so well. It was prepared so beautifully. It was gift wrapped in the color, which is which was my favorite. They even had the spray that smelled my favorite fragrance. The scent, it had my scent. This had to have been God. This Lord, this must be you. But is it? Is it? At times when it doesn't look good, you have to hold on. Sometimes we have to tell ourselves. You know, Lord, I don't see you right now. I don't feel you right now. Lord, I've been praying. I've been crying. I've been coming out to worship. I've been coming out to soak in prayer. I've been coming out to win a Wednesday morning Bible study. I still don't feel you. We have to be people who can stand in the mirror, see our own image, and say, Father, I trust your hand when I don't understand your plan. When I can't trace you, we'll be people who trust you. When it seems as though, uh, like, I've never had contacts, and I remember my wife tried it for a while, but she has a little stigmatism, so she can't really, she can't really wear them. I remember she tried them, and she always lose them somewhere or can't find them somewhere. It's like... 
man, where is it? We're looking for it. Do you see it? Oh, don't step there. It might be there. And I'm like, okay, well, you look for it then. When, when those areas and those things happen in areas of our life, we just, where is it? I thought I, just peace be still. Peace be still. We have to be people who will get in his word, open his word. Can I borrow your Bible, Leo? Thank you so much. I know how precious it is to you. We get in his word. We find the scriptures that speak into our current situation now. You write it down. And we have to allow our rooms in our house, our mirrors, to become uh, great art galleries. And start posting scriptures of who God says we are. About what he says about our current situation. It might be a financial situation. Well, Lord, you said that I'm the head and not the tail. Lord, you said that I'm above and not beneath. We have to be people who will begin to give God back his word. We have to be people to say, yes, it's a dark moment right now. But when I come out of this dark moment, I'm going to be like Moses. Many of us don't realize just how great and how powerful Moses truly was. We preach about and we talk about what he's done. We preach about and we talk about um, how he parted the Red Sea and, and uh, how he come back down with tablets of, of laws. But we, we talk about how he never made it to the promised land. But Moses was, he was somebody in the kingdom. He did not waste time with his dark moment. He allowed God to strengthen him. He moved forward. And when he stepped out of it, he was able to do some things. You have to be somebody in the kingdom to just lay down your staff and it turn into a serpent. You have to be somebody in the kingdom to call down plagues. You have to be somebody in the kingdom to get to what looks like an end. Because when he led them out, they started to panic. There was nowhere else to go. They started to panic. They had no clue that provision was already made. They had no clue that there was a cloud blocking the enemy. From pursuing them. They only could see from the surface of their visibility. Now, I've traveled many places in the 24 countries. You know the story. What I like most about flying is that as you begin to go up into the air, if you're like me, I like to look out the window. My wife don't, but I like to. And when you look out the window, you see that the buildings begin to get smaller. And the higher you climb, our earthly vision, we begin to see wider. Our peripheral expands even the more. So not only can you see Port Alberni, but when you fly to go to the mainland, you can now see over the whole island. Many of us, we're not allowing God to strap us into his heavenly jet in our dark moment. 
And he comes in and he says, listen, listen, if, 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 if in fact where there's a, a, a turbulence along the way, uh, if in fact the, the, the things happen within the, uh, the, the, the cabin, the oxygen mask will drop. I want you to put it on laces. Uh, if in fact it starts to shake, you know, tighten up that seatbelt just a little bit for me. We don't allow him to be our, our stewardess. Did I say that right? Stewardess? Yeah, yeah, okay. He takes us to a level where we can see that our problem is nowhere close. It doesn't even come close to being or seeing, uh, seeming as big as it would be if we were on the ground. Many of you are saying, you know, I, I don't like flying in the winter. I don't like flying when it's rainy. I don't like flying in the storm. If you're ever going to get to great destinations that God is calling us to, that he's so desperately pleading with us to go to, you've got to be willing to fly through the storm. You've got to be willing to say, I don't care how long this flight is delayed. We are leaving the day. This flight won't get canceled. Because if you only knew the captain who was on board, if you only knew the captain who was on board, give you an example. Do you remember when they went in the boat? What was Jesus doing? Sleep. Don't worry. You guys waking me for this? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, peace be still. Good night. Allow him to take us higher. I remember my, my first country I ever visited. I was about 17 and I went to Holland. I played in an international tournament in Amsterdam. And this was the worst flight to date. Okay. We flew out, we left from uh, Newark Liberty uh, Airport in Newark, New Jersey. We flew out, I promise you, it was, it was, oh my God. The plane was dropping like this, and then it come back, and it was just awful. What I liked about it was, shortly after, the pilot, I thought he was crazy at the time, but he pushed through the storm and climbed higher. And it was scary. It was very scary. But as he climbed higher, I began to see sunshine. And then if you look a little lower, there was clouds. I'm like, this is amazing. How did we get here? We just was in a storm. He climbed above the storm. Aha. Now I got it. We got to press through. How do we climb above the storm, Lefty? These examples sound really good to me, but how is this going to help me? How is this going to capture me in the midnight hour? When I sit up in the midnight hour and just I happen to see the tear roll down my cheek. How does this help me when I'm on the job and my coworkers are getting on my last nerve and I just I really want to sock it to them, but I just can't. But how do how do how does this help me? It's things that we must do. Stay in our word, stay in prayer, and sacrifice ourselves through fasting. If my people who are called by my name, would humble themselves. Seek my face, not lefty face. I'm just giving you God's word. This is not my word. He said, turn from their wicked ways. He said, then I hear from heaven and I'll do what? I'll heal the land. He said, then. He didn't say, well, well I'll do this. While I'm no, this, there's some things that we got to do to come out of our dark moment. We don't need another pity party. 
One of the biggest issues that a lot of athletes have when they're playing is they don't have people around them who are afraid, who, who, who are confident enough to tell them no. That's the biggest, fastest way to run, slam into a brick wall. It's to have people around you who are not afraid to say, no, we can't do that. Let's just talk about this. That doesn't look right. You can't have people around you that's going to yes you to death. Because when it comes crashing down, they'll scatter from you. You say, well, Lefty, I don't agree. That's cool. Let's go back to Scripture. When Jesus, when he was feeding that crowd, he saved 5,000. I like to think it was more because they didn't count women. I like to think it was some children there. He did miraculous, you know. People were cheering. They were happy. When he didn't stop the party and say, oh, party's over, you're out of wine. He turned the water into wine. They were happy. They were cheering. When he went to raise Lazarus from the dead, they were cheering. They were happy. They were still with him. Go, Jesus. You go, man. You all right with me. In fact, they, were, they didn't even understand the kingdom in which he was talking about. They, they were so upset with what the Romans were doing. They were oppressed people. When he started talking kingdom, they thought that Jesus was setting up kingdom here on earth. Yes, he's all right with me. This man is awesome. He's a prophet. He heals. This man knows me. I've never seen him before. So they wanted to follow him. But where were those 5,000 people or 5,000 plus people when they came to arrest him? When he got up on that cross, where were those people? Where was his disciples when he was sitting there hanging there? Where, were, where was the, the disciple Peter when they said, you sound like him. You, you look like, surely this is you. No, you got the wrong guy, buddy. This is why it's important. You cannot allow, when you're going through a dark moment, to allow the people or the residue that's left to help push you right or left. You have to stand firm and wait for God to pull you out. But watch this. I'm going to contradict myself a little bit. because Some of you may not agree with me. I contradict myself just a, just, just a tad bit. Is that all right? You can't be in a place where you're so holy than thou that the one or two or how many other people are left around you that you can't be open enough to hear and understand what God may be using them to get you to where he needs you to be. You can't be, people will say, well, I got that. I know it. No, 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 no. Well, Lefty, you just confused me, man. How do I figure this thing out? All right. I'm going to tie it back all in. Getting your word, fasting, and praying. I thank God for the blood of Jesus who redeemed me. I thank God for the Holy Spirit which keeps me. I thank God for the Father who forgave me. It's the power of the dark moment when we have those understanding of who he really is. I'm not talking about a teary-eyed experience. And as I'm getting ready to wrap this up, someone can let the teachers know. I'm not talking about a teary-eyed experience. 
I'm talking about having the understanding that just because you have a dark moment, it does not mean that you're, 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 you're cast away, that you're cast aside. Just because you have a dark moment doesn't mean that you that you just screwed up. And so, listen, he never said that once you gave your life to him, everything was. Ah. He never said that. In fact, Scripture says no weapon that is formed. See, he never said it wouldn't be formed. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. He never said it wouldn't form. He just promised that it wouldn't work. And if you're ever going to come out of a dark moment, you got to dust yourself off. Sometimes we got to talk to ourselves. That's why I love David so much, man. David said, I had to encourage myself in the Lord. I would have fainted. Woo. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have given up. I would have stopped. I would have dropped dead and said it was over. Had I not encouraged myself and said, he is, if he is with me, if he's for me, he's more than anybody. Who can be against me? Who wants some of this? Amen? Amen. It's the power of a dark moment. I hope this helped some of you today. And these crowns look really nice. This was the little, little uh, crown thing Kiara wore at our wedding renewal some years ago. And it looked really pretty. But I'd like to think there's some greater crowns, some bigger crowns, some rubies waiting for us. There's some things that are waiting, waiting for us that are greater than what we could even know. A lot of us, we, 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 we struggle with it because we refuse to do what Jesus did. Man, he gave up the ghost. So that it, there's power in our dark moments. And I'm not trying to uh, uh, give mess with your emotionalism or sen- this is not a sensationalism message. I promise you it don't always feel good, but it works for our good. Amen? Amen. It works for our good. Works for our good. Last but not least, as we're getting ready for communion, keep in mind, and I think you guys heard me say this before, when justice tried to hang me, mercy cut the rope. It's the power of a dark moment. Some of us, it seems like the life is just, it's just it's what we're going through is just sucking the life out of us. There's some, maybe some people who's trying to tell you that what you're going through is your fault or, or it's just you or it's just this, that, that. And it might very well be justified. But the good news is his mercy and his grace is what cut the rope. So therefore, it don't even matter who people say you are. It doesn't matter what people seem to believe they have insight on what you're going through. Because you are who God says you are. And he says that you're beautiful, you're powerful, men and women in the kingdom of God. He says you are my sons and daughters and who I am well pleased. And he loves us. He loves us so much that that night, sitting on the Last Supper, no one... No one really, really had a clue what he was actually really talking about. Not just that night, most of the time. No one really, really understood. You know, he told him he had to go see about Lazarus. He was asleep 
and ain't talking about shouldn't he get rest? <laughs> Father, what you talking about? He should get rest. No, man, he's dead. He needs me. They didn't have a clue. And on that night, what I like about it is he gave thanks. 